Rick Madison here with Trina Spizer, Director of Development for the Central Okanagan Food Bank. Welcome. Thank you very much. Now, what are you doing? <laughs> what is my role at the food bank? Well, so I've known Trina for years, and mm-hmm. she is uh, busy. Um, like, there's busy, and then there's really busy. And then there's really, really busy. <laughs> and she's really, really busy. I've dipped in and out. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing? Why did you? Why 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 would you possibly take this on? You're gonna crack me wide open in the first like thirty seconds here, aren't you? Um, yeah. So you're right. Busy mom of two, two boys. I, I sometimes I count my husband as as a kid too to manage. But endearing though, I isn't know. he? He's so. Who's sweet. your good Scotty? <laughs> Yeah, no, so reached a stage where always on the go, picking the kids up every day from school, activity to activity, and then that just stops. You literally wake up one morning and that just stops. They go off to university, they go off to their lives. Now, but you didn't, and I'm not saying you don't love your children, you you love them to the ends of the earth, but there wasn't a lot of tears shed for you. You just felt like this is the the passing of the torch and yeah, they yeah, should leave. I, I really... <laughs> I have a strange outlook on that. I yeah, I love my kids. Would take a bullet for them, but I chose my husband. Right. I love my husband. Mm-hmm. So as Scott and I got married super young. I was twenty three. He was twenty four. Saskatchewan or Prairie kids, right? So we got got at her, had kids. So I was looking forward to the next stage. Mm-hmm. Like I saw it as fun, opportunity, travel, doing things I got to do because we did have a family so young. So yeah, I, I always told my kids and I also didn't want my, I didn't want their life and moving on to be associated with my sadness. Right. That was really important to me. I to wanted, not tie them together. I didn't want them to feel like that was the end of the world, that I didn't have any other life outside of them. So I, I wish them well. <laughs> did you do what John Madison did, which is buy me luggage on my 17th birthday? And I say, didn't do that. I told them at their grad photo I was going to take a picture with the for sale sign at the house and like their cap and gown. But I actually didn't do that either because, you know, COVID changed everything. But uh, yeah, no, I was really happy for them, excited for them. Part of me was jealous because, I mean, they're starting from nothing, right? Mm-hmm. And going to school, it was just so fun and exciting and I did see an opportunity for myself to figure what I wanted to do next when you grow up when I grow up still haven't done that yet working on it but I did you know my husband's a partner at Capri CMW insurance and and he's not slowing down and no if anything accelerating <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> try to keep up um so I kind of just thought well I, this is my next chapter. This is what I need to do. So yeah, I, I took on a full-time role as director of development at the food bank and, and it's been a huge adjustment for me. Um, but I love it. Okay. I super well, love it. So you dove into this role. Yeah. You've been at it now. How long? Uh, April. Okay. April of this year. It, I, I was at the food bank before. Well, I was, you were doing the books or something. Yeah, I was controller for the three years before that. Okay. So I have really good insight into the organization. I don't have to learn, you know, the narrative and the story and, and our mandate and mission and all that. I knew that. This is just a super new role for me. But did you did you have to learn uh, newfound land uh, language? Because Trevor Moss from the East. I mean, you, you probably have to... <laughs> 
do you need a translator or, or does it all just come <laughs> straight up? Because it was Newfie accent? Yeah. No, no, I'm catching up. No, well, because I said I'm a flatlander. I'm from Saskatchewan, so we're kind of a rare breed too. Um, I, I suppose. Yeah. But it, it seems to me that this, this role is... Uh, like it's a big role because yeah. obviously, you, you know, there's a lot of weight on your shoulders. Do you feel the weight of, because I, and, and the only reason why I'm saying that is I know yeah. a number of different charities and I know a lot of people that are directors of development. Mm-hmm. In other words, where the cash comes from. Right. Yeah. Um, it, they go to bed wearing the weight and, and they, they wake up in the morning going, wow, that's a, just a, about an impossible number. And after a while, they're, they just literally, yeah. the advance, like it's dog years, like yeah. every year, seven years. Yeah. So for you, do you find that, the the stress of it? Not yet. I'm pretty new to it. So I'm, I'm still in like kind of the honeymoon phase. So everything's exciting and new. And, and I'm getting, I get energized by meeting with people that are excited to be, like collaborate with us to help and to make the change. So there is, there is a really high burnout <laughs> rate in this job, no doubt, because you are, you, you, you do have to make sure that the sustainability of the organization rests on your shoulders. It's, that's all. It, it's true. That's all. <laughs> that's all. If, oh, if I don't go to work, everybody doesn't get any food. But other than that, I, I used to fine. sleep good until now. <laughs> yeah. But you know, these pills help me through the night. <laughs> And yeah. I wash him down with vodka. <laughs> That's why I my New Year's resolution was to drink more for sure. But <laughs> no, I said I'm I'm excited because you meet with you you meet with the generosity of others, organizations, and people head on, and I find that super energizing. I really do. Uh, I think her name was Sarah Neelams. I probably mispronunciated, but anyway, she was director for the Clona Hospital Foundation like you know fundraiser okay, of, yeah. of sorts and one day um i said man you need a another new machine for the radiology department or something or pediatrics and i said so you know what kind of event and she goes honestly rick it's in Kelowna. it's a little bit different because there's about four or five names i can call and and they have that money in their checking account Um, but I suppose for a lot of those people, it's, it's all about, you know, the story, uh, the legacy, you have to give them the why, all that kind of stuff. Because Mm -hmm. I think anybody, even with lots of resources, they still have to figure out the why part and, and is my money truly going to be relevant and make a difference? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So do you, do you get that question a lot? Uh, yeah, we get that question a lot and see that's the exciting part of my job is the advocacy around changing the mindset of that because you know some some organizations they're fundraising for pieces of equipment for the hospital which may or may not be used by them or their family so it's you know they want to help because they might need that they probably will never need the services of the food bank right so so the challenge is then helping them understand why it's important for them to help with the community assets and to teach them that we're not enabling people we have a very specific purpose and it's probably not what they think and i love i love making that connection with people because we're anytime we get somebody in for a tour they're blown away by it. They're always like, I didn't, I had no idea. And then they want to help. They want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. So that's the exciting part of my role is helping them understand. Do you ever, um, 
get, and this stays here, of course. <laughs> Do you ever get annoyed? Because you must get the same question all the time. Like uh, certain questions of, well, you know, aren't these people just, you know, can't they just get a job or I something? I know, yeah. Well, there again, let's have this conversation in a year. And okay. I might, the answer might be yes. But I'm just so new to my role that I'm I'm so excited well, to change. Well, you're still eager puppy. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so, eager puppy. Yeah, I'm like, help, help, listen and learn, listen and learn. <laughs> I have a few things to share. So it is. And I do see that moment. I see that moment where they're like, oh, I get it now. And it's not at all what they thought. Even mm-hmm. for me personally, working, when I came in, it wasn't at all what I thought it was. And and, and that's going to change every month, I would think. Like every, even though you worked there before, and even though you have a lot of, of different touches throughout the organization, for you and as well as me, because obviously I have ties to the food bank as well, but it still has every single time I learn something whenever I, I volunteer and, and I don't get to volunteer very often because, you know, how many boxes can I possibly build? <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, it just seems to me that every single time I get another, another shred of, of, of evidence or information. Sure. And I mean, the cadence of the organization is swift there. That's one thing that I'm learning for sure is that anything that we've established, it might be a new, might be something new emergency next week, right? right? And we learned that last summer through the wildfires, right? And that was, we were a huge part of helping uh, evacuees from their homes have food. And that's nothing what I thought the food bank was before, but it's those emergency measures too that we can step up and help mm-hmm. that that change changes your total perspective. Okay, so you're you're helping drive drive the bus for the for the money. Mm-hmm. Um, have you somewhat been, I guess, overblown, overwhelmed with certain people's generosity? Because again, you said it before, they're never gonna use the food bank. No. Like, so for them to give money, it, it's purely a humanitarian mm-hmm. motive. Mm-hmm. And have you met some people that you're like, I, I cannot believe how generous you are with. And maybe it's people that people wouldn't expect. In other words, they don't have lots of resources. They don't mm-hmm. have immense wealth, but they still give. Right. Yeah, sure. On a daily basis, because everyone's. I guess value system is totally different. So when they come to the Central Okanagan Food Bank with, you know, sometimes it's a young kid that's playing guitar at a mall at Christmas time, right? Mm-hmm. And he brings in his $72 and he's proud as punch. That's amazing to me that he thought to bring it to us, yeah, right? But then it's big corporations too that write those big checks because that we're a community asset and they want to be part of that community asset and they want to help. It isn't when uh, I was lucky enough to interview, I think there was 10 or a dozen of the food bank clients for the Be an Angel mm-hmm. program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was kind of amazed at people that were receiving the food bank, don't not donation, the food, mm-hmm. they were opening up their doors and opening up a seat at the table every single meal for somebody else that didn't yeah. have anything. <laughs> and, I, and I was sitting there going, you don't have anything, right. yeah. but yet they still give whatever piece or extra can of soup, yeah. they will actually extend it to somebody else. And that to me, 
shows just how much generosity exists in, in but again from the people that shouldn't right they give well yeah you say shouldn't but but you think why not mm-hmm. right if you believe in the universal laws of karma right yeah. it's like they believe that moment will come back to them and it probably will yeah and there was one fellow and I, I i can't remember what country he uh he just immigrated from but he said and i said is there anything you want to say to the uh for people that are looking to donate to the food bank and he says well the way i see it is you have this and he's talking about money i guess in a bank account how much joy does that give you versus if you give that money to the food bank and they buy all this food how much joy does that generate totally and he said yeah it's not even it's not even the same right yes so i I do want to say that what i have learned is that people that come to the food bank they use it as a stopgap measure it's when they've reached the end of the money before the end of the month Mm. so they come they can come every 28 days unless they're part of the tiny bundles program which is expecting mums they can come every week but otherwise you come every 28 days for five to seven days worth of food in your hamper. That's not <laughs> enabling. That's that's helping close a gap. That's where an emergency comes up where uh, a car repair bill or drop your phone and it's smashed and you have to get it replaced or whatever it is. Maybe you had to work overtime and you have more daycare costs. So it's, it's that... It's the adapting of your budget. The people come to us for help, not for constant hmm. co- constant need. So, yeah, I think that part of that sharing is like, if you have it, you share. Because there will be a moment where you need it. And then it can come back to you. So I was chatting with uh, a furniture store owner. Mm-hmm. And he had uh, his, so his delivery truck... Uh, he had bars over the batteries, and uh, somebody drilled those bars off, <clears throat> took the battery out. He's had his catalytic converter taken out. He's had mm. wires pulled out. Like, you know, they're always poaching these trucks. I know. And so the community at large, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of frustration mm-hmm. around crime. And I was thinking more about it today, and I knew you were coming in, and I was thinking about how the food bank, because let's face it, um, one of one of the clients said to me, we will eat. We will eat. Like, we'll get food somehow because a human being needs sustenance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I just kept thinking how the f- food bank actually might deter crime because that, that you mm-hmm. know, yeah. box of food might keep somebody from stealing if, if they get desperate and they need that food, they're they're just going to eat. So they're going to get that somehow, somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, you could rationalize that for sure. I think I look at our numbers where uh, 34% of our users are children under the age of 15 and uh, 20% are seniors on fixed income. And, and seniors are our fastest growing demographic in terms of visitation to the food bank. I don't know how much they would... I don't know how much crime is happening in those demographics. I don't. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. What What I do know is that um, I'm trying vi- to help you with a spin here. I know. I know. Hey. I know. And I. And I don't. I. I don't. I don't even want to rationalize on that because I just don't know. 
But what I do know is that food bank visitation is usually indicative of how well social programs are, are helping in the community. And this isn't a criticism, because like I said, this is like big picture. It doesn't it's matter. okay. We can be a controversial <laughs> program as well. Shock jock. Yeah. Time for the shock yes. jock part of the show. You know, watch out stern. <laughs> but, but any level, any party, political party, government, it's hard to change policies because we are a very large country, right? So what we're seeing is that we're kind of in a pandemic hangover it's the confluence of you know supply chain issues inflation gas prices house prices the war in ukraine mm-hmm. so is that still going on yeah i i, I believe so yeah. <laughs> so i think that the food bank visitations that we're seeing it's because social programs haven't been able to adapt because we're still coming out of a pandemic mm-hmm. we're, we're still in it you know well and and we're seeing a little bit of uh just Justin's wherewithal when it comes to monetary policy. Yeah. Which yeah. he doesn't have any talent. <laughs> so for that. Oh, is that a bird flying by? <laughs> you are not a public person. What do you mean? Like I don't well, You you don't like oh, crap like this. Like you don't you don't you don't enjoy that yeah, right, one iota. Right. And then and, I'm and, in a direct... And then you thrust yourself into this role. Well you didn't thrust yourself, they wanted you there, but I'm just saying it is it pushes you beyond a boundary a little bit yeah. to be out there. Aren't you supposed to do something every day that scares you? Well, the trouble is I usually do that on a dirt bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding, hey? It's so interesting that you mentioned that because I kind of thought when my kids grew up and moved away that I would just like kind of shrink into oblivion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was my plan. That was my goal. Uh, I- I believe the universe is self-organizing, so mm-hmm. I don't know. I had two years to sit at home, uh, watch Netflix, um, you know. Any good shows on? Oh, well, I have bizarre <laughs> tastes. I'm not sure if I should go there. That was a great there. noise. Oh. <laughs> I, I, Fleabag came to mind instantly, oh, yeah, but no. it's... Hey, we watched that one. Good one. It's just so offside, but it's so delicious. <laughs> I couldn't help but It's my sense of humor, but it's pretty twisted, but... But it's interesting because I thought I didn't like people. I really did. I thought... Yeah, but I, I get what you say. I mean, there's there's certain... I go through cycles where I'm done peopling. Yeah. Like I, I'm just done peopling. Yeah. Because... And, and it wasn't until uh, Amy Schumer's book where she said there's a light bulb. And, and it glows really bright, bright on the stage. But at some point, it needs to recharge. And you cannot... Recharge that while it's still because yeah. it gets too hot totally. and, and, and it burns out the filament yeah. and everything else. So she just said, "I need to retreat yes. into a dark room without windows, yes. with nobody around, yeah. and then I'm good. Then I'm centered, balanced. Right. But if I don't get that, the light bulb doesn't perform." Yeah. So I read a book called Quiet. Um, it's been years. It's one of my favorite books, but it, it's the secret power of introverts. And, and when I read that book, I was like, oh, my God, I'm an, I, I'm an introvert. Like, I'm a true introvert. But I think people think introvert means that you don't like people. It doesn't mean that. It just means you don't get your energy from social situations. Right. So it just, you can go out. You like social engagements. You like people. You like parties. But you also need a vast amount of time by yourself in order to function properly. Did you, when you read that book, Quiet. Yes. And you should probably say Quiet. Quiet. Um, 
Did you share that with your son? Because I, yeah. I, I think he's kind of... And, uh, you know, My younger son? Yeah, but oh, I mean... For sure. Wry sense of humor. You know, mm-hmm. very gregarious when you get him going. Mm-hmm. But you mm-hmm. just got to get him to there, yeah. to the party. Yeah. And then he's there. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, in the book, it talks about... It's called free trait theory. So it says that an introvert can become an extrovert anytime it needs to in order to to thrive in the world. You think of a work setting, a school setting, even a family setting, there is expectations that you're supposed to be social, you know, you're supposed to love those interactions, you're supposed to bring ideas to the table, you're supposed to do all those things. But that book taught me that introverts can kind of dip in and out. They do what they need to do in order to make the situation good for them. Mm -hmm. And then they retreat on their own. Mm. And, and did this key part of information, because we know how uh, dispensing information to our to our children mm-hmm. really works out. Like, yeah. he probably wrote notes and, and just scribbled down. <laughs> he did not. He did not, which is so funny, because he's just not there yet. I don't know. I guess I there's a danger to, like, I, I love self-help books. <laughs> totally love them. But then there's a part where it's like, okay, if all you do is read self-help books, but you never actually execute anything... <laughs> Is, is it, that really helping? Is it a good <laughs> habit? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, maybe overanalyzing thing. He's young. I, I come to him with all these like crazy Marianne Williamson quotes or whatever, and he's just like, okay, whatever. So he's not Wednesday. there. dinner. <laughs> he's not there yet. He thinks I'm a little bit crazy. But, uh, but my older son actually has super embraced it. There's a, a philosophy book that I bought him. It's called The Daily Stoic. And every day it has a philosophy lesson. Mm. And he, like, texts me and calls me about the lesson. I gave that same book to my younger son. He gave it to a friend. <laughs> yeah. He goes, you would love this. And it's, he's, he's me. I told him, I'm like, you will love that book. He's like, maybe later. <laughs> when I need it. Yeah. But he gave it and, and didn't even pretend he had it. He was the kid that threw out the lunches and then came home and went, that lunch you made me? I threw it out. Just so you know. <laughs> Where my older kid would pretend that he ate it. <laughs> So I was chatting with my daughter, and speaking of giving advice, I, I gave her some advice, and 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 because of you know we're close relationship, I think she took it in the right way, which was, I said, honey, sometimes it's just good to be a little bit evil, like just <laughs> not a lot, yeah. like not over the top, but but kind of think because because the world's not perfect, it's really not, and there's some people that are wanting to do harm to you so i need you to harness a small part of you that's just a little bit evil just because that will will give you a little bit layer of protection when you do i was just gonna say that sounds more like self-protectionism than evil well it is and and i'm not saying do evil to others i'm just saying remember look out for number one yeah yeah Yeah. there's there's a part of you that needs to stay intact and i really want that to be the part that's a bit wary a little bit more suspicious because right now, I mean, she's so beautifully innocent and, mm-hmm. and, and wonderful mm-hmm. and and I want to protect that. But on the other side, I'm like, no, you, you need to understand there's bad. There's bad things in the world. I know. And I it's, know. It's, it's, it's hard. Do you rush it, though? Do you rush it? Um, well, as her faja, yeah, I do. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Uh, I do rush it because I'm like, because uh, who knows when that's going to happen. Now, 
um, speaking of rushing it, the the sex education stuff that <laughs> happened too quick. I believe that we're going right off of Santa Claus and, and, yeah, and leprechauns, yeah, yeah. and you know, there's some real nice innocence there, and then all of a sudden, wham! I know, I yeah. know. We took um, a train trip from. It was it was Montreal to New York. We we just envisioned it as it was going to be this blissful like family holiday. It sounded amazing. The brochure was glossy and everything, and and the, it was a disaster. It was like twelve hours. We stopped every two hours to pick people up, and and they ran out of food, and you couldn't use the toilets because they were full. Like it was just a nightmare. But there was this young girl wandering up and down the aisles. She was probably like eight or nine, and she was just like getting into everyone's face and she was like you know I, I, I my name is Tammy like how, how are you where are you from and I just looked at her and I thought you know if you were 30 years older the the, the train would be stopped <laughs> the authorities would come on board and take you off in handcuffs <laughs> and I just kind of thought geez if we could just stay that just like blissfully yeah just unaware yeah and happy and and just and that's the other thing yeah. is happy and and isn't it funny that we we associate somebody that's blissfully happy with completely unaware like we're like yeah you have no idea what's happening i know you. i know and that's why when you say that i'm thinking yeah that's true but i just if we could all go back to that childlike innocence i don't know without that cynicism attached to it yeah yeah maybe oh in that daily stoic book it, wow. it said don't be miserable in advance oh that okay. was one of the things so don't plan for miserable <laughs> yeah exactly because okay. i did put that in my calendar <laughs> and i think that's that yeah you, i guess you should probably be aware but don't be miserable in advance okay we've known known each other for years um so that's kind of why we go down these rabbit holes and stuff about raising children. <laughs> yeah. Every every now and then I, I bounce ideas off of yeah. you of yeah. saying, hey, this happened. Um, I handled it poorly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have those moments too. <laughs> um, but isn't it funny how uh, kids, because early on I realized just fall on the sword and just be done with it. And, and, and for the kids to realize humility is mm-hmm. actually a good thing and laughing at yourself and and, uh, and, and recently, I asked for a Father's Day present. And I said to Jack, my son, I said, just a moment we shared that I, I need your perspective on. And, and that's the only gift I want, just a text. So he, he talked about a weekend. We went to uh, a cabin, forgot the dog, have to drive back 30 minutes, get to the cabin, forgot the key. Um, then try to take the, after getting a locksmith, getting, uh, staying in a hotel, <laughs> then the next day, taking the boat on the water, the boat never starts. Oh so we're gosh. oaring in, in the middle of the lake, driving out of the lake, boat falls off the hitch. Then we go, okay, this is crazy. Go back to the cabin, motorcycle and the ATV both have catastrophic incidents where they don't run anymore. And I put my head in my hands, and and Jack says, "I thought you were gonna cry, but you laughed." Oh, that's too funny. Was this this Father's Day? No. Oh, like oh no, but he told oh, me the story of, uh, of, of a few years yeah, back when yeah, he yeah. he was blown away that how I kept my sanity, yeah. but how I said, "Guys, you don't even know this yet, but this will go down as a very historic weekend, not for the right reasons." Right, right. But actually, the the humility, mm-hmm. and and I think. I think your kids are, are well suited for laughing at themselves. 
Yeah, I guess so. We all are. Because we're all trying to figure this out, right? We don't take ourselves too seriously, for sure. I, th- I think that's key, though, D- to have any kind of sense of, I don't know, sanity, I guess. Yeah. or Because y- you think you're in control, but then life just goes, no. Oh, you realize that super I'm just quick with slap kids. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. Experience gives you perspective, mm-hmm. for sure. The only thing that gives you experience is age, right? So, yeah, so and, you, and learning from it. Yeah, and learning from it. But I, I also think to myself, like, Jeez, now, speaking of self-help books, which I have <laughs> read uh, this so many. Is chapter 17 <laughs> of this book, actually, which I found quite. There was a quote that said, uh, worrying is no conviction of faith that everything will be okay. Oh, okay. Right? Do you need yeah. a moment? Yes. Uh... Right? So that's, I feel like it'll be okay. It might not look what you think thought it was gonna look like but that's okay too that might be better for you than you thought yeah yeah so funny story may or may not have anything to do with the way you just said but i just remember my (laughs) uncle and he'd had a he'd had a few wobbly pops and we're sitting there and he goes rick what do you want in life and i said i don't know you know a good paying job yeah uh, not to worry um beautiful wife uh nice car and he looked at me with these dull, lifeless <laughs> eyes, and he goes, Treja. <laughs> oh, so funny. Anyone at work you don't like? <laughs> it's got to be someone. Good thing you didn't pick my house. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that narrows it down to three. <laughs> that is cyclical, no question. Uh, no. That's Everyone's another... pretty good? Yeah, yeah. Pretty good humans there, hey? Oh, fantastic humans. How about that volunteer coordinator? Huh? <laughs> Isn't she something? Firecracker. <laughs> Here or across the whole food bank? How does that voice project? Yeah. Who, uh, we had the golf tournament. Yes. Yeah, somebody came in. Jen here? I'm like, do you hear Jen? <laughs> <laughs> Ex-aerobics instructor, anyone? <laughs> no, we have the right people sitting at the CUFB table right now, for mm-hmm. sure. And, and and some of them actually started as volunteers through the pandemic because their, their jobs changed significantly and they were tired of being at home, no social interaction. Jen is a super social creature. Oh, way more peopling than I could yeah, ever Yeah, yeah, for sure. So we had people that came to the food bank to help to get, you know, get rid of the isolation that they were experiencing at home and, and we hired them. So mm. we literally handpicked our volunteers. And that's a beautiful thing about the food bank is because we have a roster of 350 volunteers. Mm-hmm. So when a need arises... Okay, but I, I can tell you from experience, more volunteers needed, especially always, during summer months. Yeah. Always. Well, because people's lives changes, right? Yeah. And and they might hit a stage where they retire and all of a sudden they want to travel all the time, which you can do now mm-hmm. for sure. But so we have 350 volunteers. So whenever there's a need, we can usually hand pick the people that we can go to and say, hey, listen, we have an opportunity for you to consider. So funny story about that. Uh, so Jen and I were volunteering one day, and I think it was the same day that she was asked to become volunteer coordinator. Okay. So I was in there. I was working away. Jen was working away. And they asked her 
if she'd like a job. Yeah. They mm-hmm. totally Don't didn't read. even didn't even <laughs> talk to me. Like, are you available? I like, was gonna say, don't read that too much into that or do. <laughs> oh no. No, I was I was literally I, I don't think I could be any more useless on, on any given day, but because there's certain repetitive things I can do, mm-hmm. but a lot of the stuff, like I'm, I'm more in, interested in humans. So, <laughs> so a lot of tasks, I'm like, well, tell me a little bit more about that. And then all this food is just piling yeah, up and I'm like, yeah. man. That's one of the things that we have. So we actually went out to Gleaners in Vernon a little while ago to, cause they actually make soups. Did you know this? Dehydrated soups. They ship, have shipped over 500 million soups. Wow. Yeah, I know. That seems like a lot of soup. It's a lot. So, um, but it's very social. Their volunteers were very social. They like, they came, they were chatting about what was going on with their kids and their life and everything. Our volunteers are busy. Mm-hmm. It's physical. It's, you know, lifting. You have to be able to lift 50 pounds. And wow. and it goes by in a, in a minute. So people like that. that They love, love the busyness of the food bank, for sure. Well, I can, I can tell you, just during the summer months, you know, just because it, it full disclosure, Jennifer Roberge, you know, loved one. And uh, she <laughs> just gets stressed some, sometimes about volunteers that, you know, because there's light days. There's Yeah, there days, is light days for sure. And because the need never changes too, right? right? So we always, it's not like if there's a, there's really never a slow day. So yeah, we always need volunteers, always need help. So Trina Spizer, tell me what it's like um, being married to Ted Lasso. Oh my gosh. I was wondering when we were going to weave in that Ted Lasso. Uh, I'm getting way better at it. You know, in my young, more feisty, scrappy years. <laughs> I, I kind of used to come to the table hoping that I could have a husband that was bitchy and miserable like I was. But he <laughs> he would never go down that hole. No. Never. No. Most positive guy on the planet um which is you know i am appreciating that now as i get older yeah because i i mean there's certain people where you go come on this can't be it's really can't be you and then how many years you've been married oh 24 yeah and i've i've known scott for a lot of years and yeah every single uh episode every single moment whether you know he's ultra competitive too but so am i yeah he is ultra competitive Um, but other than that like like really i need to correct myself i've been married for 26 years i don't think anyone's (laughs) going to come out of the woodwork on that one well maybe one guy because maybe one because he's not even sure yeah my 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 kids tease me all the time that i'm missing a chromosome because i'm just not that touchy feely mom I struggle on the sentiment part of my marriage. Oh, are we supposed to hug now? <laughs> no, but he, he is one of the few people that I've met that he is happier when he other people succeed around him. Yeah. He's truly like that. Which is shocking. I no, I, I remember bringing a, a business deal to him. He went through it and he says, yeah, this is a really great deal. A lot of people, you know, because it was such a good, you know, deal would go you know they try to just give you a couple of bumps in the road like they, they just try and attack him just a little bit just mm-hmm. so that because they're not getting in on it right so but he's like yeah this is great like <laughs> you should really do it and i'm like try to poke a few holes in it scotty yeah, but no this is really good 
<laughs> yeah, that sounds like my husband. And super yep. positive and, yeah. and just, uh, and, you know, again, just, uh, and, and we're not trying to pump his tires. No one needs to pump his tires. But <laughs> but I'm just saying it, it, it must be at times for someone like you, you're like, come on. Like, is there not... Not Aside anymore. Of, used to be. Yeah. Okay. For, for sure. So you're waiting for it. Like you're just you're <laughs> yeah. just pushing it. Come on, be miserable like me. <laughs> I hate it that you're perfect like that. I do want to say it's really what's happening that's really neat right now is our kids are 21 and 24, mm-hmm. and so. You know, we have a lot of their friends that are finishing university and starting their careers, and his phone is going off like crazy. He's he's interviewing these kids. He's trying to get them jobs. He's connecting them with people in the community because he's that guy. He's yeah. that guy that loves to help people. Mm-hmm. So it's really neat to see that. So I have a greater appreciation for it now than when I was, when I was young. <laughs> I wanted him to be miserable like me, but he just wouldn't go down there. So if you need a job, Scott Spicer down at Capri CMW. <laughs> We could talk about a variety of things, uh, Trina, but let's talk for a moment about, so the, um, on the good side, if you own property in mm-hmm. Kelowna, yep. things are good. Um, but of course, rental rates go up, a whole bunch of things kind of fall off of uh, high real estate. And and with those values, that's inflation, that's a number of things, and you, you touched on it, but it, it must drive some numbers up for the food bank. Because people that are in the funnel um, fall into this needing the food bank just because their rent goes up, um, cost of living goes sure. up, like a yeah. whole bunch of things. And yeah. and that seems to be just part and parcel with, you know, again, if you own property, you understand instinctively how much your property has gone up in value. And, that, and that's just got a ripple effect. Right. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, we are seeing actually the highest visitation numbers that we've ever seen at the food bank. Um, you know, Christmas is obviously really busy. We have a lot of clients that come to the food bank cause they're, they have a lot of pressures for social functions and presents and big meals and travel to see families. So, um, usually our December numbers are higher, highest. Uh, I think our December numbers last year were like, uh, 4,700 uh, individuals per, like, for the month of December. We're at 5,500 a month mm. and and climbing. So so, so to, if, if somebody wanted to be a client of the food bank, mm-hmm. um, you need a, a home address. Is you that do correct? need a physical address because you need to be able to keep the, the food stable. So there, uh, we... We have 48 partner agencies that we supply food to. We do not uh, provide food to unsheltered individuals. We provide food to agencies that help in outreach programs for unsheltered individuals. Mm -hmm. So you do need a physical address. Uh, You know, we might have a couple people that come to our door that are in in dire need, and and we share stuff if we have, because we have a really robust food recovery program. So through that, we get uh, food from the grocery store that's fit for consumption but not fit for sale Mm. so that includes their pre-made sandwiches and and stuff like that so if we have any of that stuff in the fridge we will definitely share to somebody in need but otherwise you have to make an appointment and uh, come pick up your hamper so uh, yeah you have to have a physical address we used to have an income qualifier 
on it uh, because prior to the pandemic, we never received any um, monies from the government. We were all just completely autonomous in terms of our funding. Mm-hmm. But through the pandemic, that changed. So at the at the request of the government, we removed that qualifying question. Um, so, but but we actually have done we have linked to feed. It's called. It's a software program that helps us keep track of all the metrics and all the numbers on our visitors. And we did a deep dive into it a little while ago, and we're finding that still 98% of the people uh, come have you know low income. Right. How many people leave uh, you know the food bank? In other words. You know, they, they get yeah. a new job or they somehow figure uh, a yeah. different situation out? Well, because like I did mention before, it's 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 episodic users. It's not, it's usually a stopgap measure for about two to three months of the year uh, outside of our tiny bundles program because right. that's our expected mothers. But uh, so we know that one third of our clients are two to three months. Okay. And then probably another... Thirds are about five months. Okay. Yeah. So it so it does actually give me because I I need optimism. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So it two three months and then a lot of people just go okay. I'm- yeah, like like I mentioned earlier, just stop gap measure for because. What we're experiencing right now, and I have all these numbers like percolating in my head, probably too much so, but a, a 10% increase in cost of living results in a 25 de- 25% decrease in household spending. Right. Right? So that means that as everything, I mean, gas prices, mm-hmm. food prices, all those things, as it goes up, people have to adjust. So I was talking to a manager of a car dealership the other day that said people are coming in saying, I can't afford this car. I could maybe afford that car. But, you know, so they might go through a one-month transition where they downsize cars so that they reduce their payments. Right. And then that helps, and then they can put that towards food. So, yeah, we're that stopgap measure for people that need help. So there, would you rather people give money or food? Well, to the food bank. Cash is king. Now, why is that, though? Because I know there's a reason behind that. Yeah, well, there is a reason behind that. And the what we like to communicate is that for every $1 that we receive, we can put $3 worth of food in the hamper. And that, that people... It's not necessarily in buying power, but it's it's in, in operational efficiencies. So through our food recovery program, so I'll just quickly say that 60% of Canada's food produced goes to waste. So we reclaim that, and about 30% of uh, that 60% actually goes to waste, hmm. and, and the rest, the 70%, is used. Um so through our programs, we are part of a national food sharing program um, with Food Banks Canada and Food Banks BC that, you know, we get food if, if say, <sighs> McCain's has pallets of food that is getting close to expiry date, they can't sell it to grocery stores, right. they will sell it at a greatly redu- uh, reduced rate to Food Banks Canada and Food Banks BC. And then we actually can get it through the National Food Share Program. So we just have such, such, yeah, operational efficiencies that allow us to provide food based on just the scope and scale of our operations. Okay, so cash, 
Cash way better. Cash is way better. I, you know, there's that tangible part of, we just had a couple food drives this weekend at actually all the save on foods, uh, in, in the interior. And it's like, I, I get the tangible thing. You go to the shelf and you buy whatever it is and, and you like putting it in the bin. You feel good. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I do get that. We always have most neat items because there's certain things that the food bank just, we just won't buy. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just not, it's not uh, efficient, I guess, to do so. And it's not nutritionally sound, right? Yeah. So uh, we have committed certain items to, to the hamper and, and the rest is, is augmented by donations. But cash allows us to run the operations and then buy to our level of commitment that we've made. So I had a, I was part of one of the food drives mm-hmm. at, uh, I think it was Urban Fair. Fellow drove up in, uh, and I won't say who it is, but fellow drove up in a, I think, because I know I'm a bit of a car nut, this vehicle would have been worth 180 grand just for fun. Uh, He was wearing a watch, because I saw the watch, that was a Submariner Rolex. That's about 25K. The clothing uh, and his jacket were worth, I don't know, 2,500 bucks. Anyway, that all that being said. I said, hey, and and are you, you know, able to, he's like, no problem. And reaches into his pocket and gives me a toonie. And I went to myself, okay, yeah, okay. I didn't do a proper job of asking for the donation. So anyway, (laughs) not, and listen, I'm not calling him out. No judgment. He knows who he is. Taking any time off? Because I know you guys traveled, uh, geez, like early on when no one well, was traveling. We Well, because we had this situation where, <laughs> like I said, thought I was going to head into this like mode of retirement where I was going to travel like crazy and then the world shut down. So we had, um, you know, poor me, uh, we had four or five holidays that got canceled Mm. and then as soon as the opportunity opened up it was like okay you're going now (laughs) so 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 you're just using the credits i would imagine there'd be some credits they were credits but they were also like planned trips that it was like you know it wasn't necessarily airline credits it was like this trip is happening and you committed to it two years ago and Mm. it's leaving on monday so now you have to pack your bags so between okay so we're june between january and uh march we we went to six different countries (laughs) awesome (laughs) i know it was exciting i wish it was like you know because part of the excitement of a holiday is actually planning it yeah you know and so i felt like i didn't really necessarily enjoy that because it was like what Really, I have to go again? Oh, my God. Because you're a planner. You're a bit of a planner. I am a bit of a planner. So, I mean, it was great. There was... There was a totally different energy around these trips, right? Because it was more around gratefulness. And I, you know, even the travel experience was just pretty horrid right now. It was just like, but I'm traveling, you know? So, you- <laughs> so this is awesome. I got to remember, this is really great. This is my Ted Lasso moment. <laughs> I'm having fun. <laughs> Damn it. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, no, it was, we went a lot. I uh, was tired of it. Uh, towards the end but yeah have a lot of photos on my phone so and and i think to because i recently went traveling and through pearson airport uh just just awful like i i I would 
you know, right now, because we live in the Okanagan too, um, I just don't even want to travel at all until maybe October. I, you know, I, I haven't, I had one trip and it was actually to go back to Saskatchewan for May long weekend. I'm sorry to hear that. (laughs) We can talk more. Condolences to you. We can talk more about that later. So you went back to a hellhole. No, to all my Saskatchewan friends, I love your, your homeland. Just... Go Riders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I had a four-hour delay. Yeah. Uh, but I really, I showed up with all my luggage. The only right. thing that I really sucked is that you can't eat anymore. Like, there's just, there's no staff. The restaurants aren't open yet. Yeah. They're not prepared. So that that was the only part that kind of really sucked. Yeah. And, and I think, too, that once you realize we're all connected, in other words... If the baggage handlers don't show up, then nothing else happens. Yeah. Like, like, and if the one tech doesn't show up, or this guy doesn't show up that checks the fuel of the plane or anybody else, the whole thing is a house yeah, of cards. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I know. And I, I am in this, I guess, super like glowy phase where I'm just like, I'm just like happy to be alive, happy to be part of the organization. That's what my husband always says. But I, whenever I go out now and I experience less than, you know, great, I'm just thankful that people showed up for their job. What's that like living in the clouds? <laughs> Not too bad so far. Yeah, no, I just, I know everyone's struggling with staff. And so when you get into a situation where, you know, maybe they're younger, maybe they're unexperienced, or maybe they're just not that great at customer service, I'm just trying to, like, at least I got my coffee. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes <laughs> it's a small thing. Yes, it is. It? it is. Okay. That's that's it. That's the end of it. Yeah. Uh, Rick Rick Madison with Trina Spizer, Director of Development, Central Okanagan Food Bank. Let's do this again. Oh, let's. Right? It's so insightful. Well, I do. <laughs> I've read some books. I know. bring out the best in people. It's well, been said. I, I, he does have a certain gift. No question. 